Welcome to FYI, the four-year innovation podcast. This show offers an intellectual discussion on technologically enabled disruption, because investing in innovation starts with understanding it. To learn more, visit arc-invest.com. Arc Invest is a registered investment advisor focused on investing in disruptive innovation. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon as a basis for investment decisions. It does not constitute either explicitly or implicitly any provision of services or products by Arc. All statements made regarding companies or securities are strictly beliefs and points of view held by Arc or podcast guests and are not endorsements or recommendations by Arc to buy, sell, or hold any security. Clients of Arc Investment Management may maintain positions in the securities discussed in this podcast. Hi, welcome to FYI, the podcast covering all things innovation from Arc Invest. I'm your host, James Wang, and today I am joined by Arc's analyst covering automation, energy, and space, Sam Chorus. Sam, welcome back to the podcast. Thanks, James. Always glad to be here. So you've been looking at the food services industry and seeing ways of automation, both in the front of house and back of house, and how that can really change the size of that market. What have you found? Well, I think the first place to start is every time you say robots coming into an industry, it seems that a gut reaction from the public is, oh no, unemployment is coming. So we wanted to kind of tackle this in a quantitative way to show, you know, you could have robotics enter an industry and create huge growth in that industry without destroying jobs. So I'm imagining here you're in the back of the kitchen and right now you're hiring, you have eight people working in the back of the kitchen and all of a sudden there's a robot arm and it's starting to do stuff by itself. That sounds like people's jobs are getting eliminated. What is actually happening in your view? So the way that we look at it, it's a relationship, not just in that one restaurant, but really in the industry as a whole. And so when we're looking at it, we say that if the price elasticity of demand is greater than productivity improvements, then that should create jobs, as well as the shift from non-paid activity to commercial activity. And to put that in more basic terms, it would be saying that you know, you you get a robot in this restaurant, costs come down somewhat. Right now, about 30% of the cost for a restaurant is labor. So maybe that comes down to 25%. And by reducing the cost of the food, now there's a huge bump in demand. So that's that price elasticity piece. And if that bump in demand is greater than those productivity gains you get, you may need to open up more and more restaurants to meet this growing demand, which would mean you're actually installing more robots and hiring more people. So this is a classic example of system-based thinking, right? Not just looking at how one step affects the next, but really how multiple steps all affect each other. So whereas normal thinking is, hey, if I put in one robot, I take out a person, the full cascading sequence of events is really you put in robot, you take out one person, the price goes down, more customers come in the door, you may have to open more branches, more branches, hire more people across the branches. So it's really a rather multifaceted effect in system. Right. And this is something that we've seen before. If you look at the motor vehicle industry and manufacturing that, if you look at the whole history, you've had the majority of robots sold into that industry, but you've also had employment increase while the demand for vehicles has been increasing. In the food industry specifically, how do you see this playing out? 
Typically, that that、uh, restaurant is classified as front of house, where you have wait staff, cashiers, and you have back of house,、uh, which is basically all the cooks. Let's start with front of house. What are the obvious avenues for automation to bring some of these costs down? Sure, I think one of the most popular ones we've seen is kiosks. Instead of having someone there taking your order, Panera was one of the earlier people to do this. Starbucks is doing this. Then you have people who are ordering ahead of time on their phone. And then the other avenue, and you've done a lot of work on this, is the delivery side of it. What has、uh, Panera? Like I've seen the kiosks at McDonald's, and I've seen them at Panera. What what has been the effect of installing these machines? Sure, it's actually increased people who use these kiosks or for Starbucks who use the mobile app actually wind up going to those stores more frequently, which is pretty interesting dynamic. And you're lowering costs in there. You're seeing that increase in demand. So more customers are coming through the door as a result of this automation. Exactly. Okay, I see that. And what about back of house? That seems like working in a kitchen. It's it's a big mess. You're doing a lot of random things. Do we have the means to provide automation for that part of the the the, the restaurant? I think we're just at the start of that. And you know, I think one of the more viral videos out there was Flippy, the the industrial robot burger flipper. It's a cobot,、uh, right? That was a collaborative robot. There's a Restaurant in Boston called Spice, and this is kind of like a bowl, fast casual, and it's an automated system. And what's interesting is they were trying to target seven dollars and fifty cents per fast casual meal, which is actually pretty far below the average today, which is around twelve dollars. So that's like what a fifty percent price reduction from from Chipotle. Not not quite fifty percent, but in that in that range, yeah. I mean, if I if I get guac and I get chips, it's fifteen bucks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The guac. We just need to cut guac. That's what you're saying. <laughs> and they're able to bring it down to to about seven dollars fifty, which is very hard to compete as a home cook, really. Right, and you can imagine that you know you're sitting at home trying to make that decision. You're not necessarily doing the economic analysis, but it comes down to this cost and convenience. Which is kind of the manifestation of that internal calculation. So, what is your overall thesis? What do you think is gonna? What's gonna be the kind of input to the system that's gonna change, and what's gonna flow the cascade of events that's gonna really change the the, the numbers at the end? And what numbers do you have、uh, for us? Wow, that's a big question. So, the, what we see happening is、uh, this start of automation in food services, and I'll just step back a second here. Is food services productivity has been Pretty much flat over the past thirty years, which is kind of incredible when you think about it. So we think that you start to automate, you do get some increase in productivity, but what you also get is lower cost of the food, and so you get this sweeping demand for eating out of home. And so now, you know, maybe before people were ordering in once or twice a week. But now, really, every single meal has the potential to be competed for by an out-of-home solution, and so we think that we're going to see an increase in robot deployments or automation solutions in the food industry. But we also expect to see an increase in employees and labor in that market. Okay, so it's really a win-win. The companies are deploying more technology, which is great for you know technology companies that we're interested in. This is going to help their business grow because it's going to drive. It's going to first reduce costs, which will induce demand. So they'll have more locations. 
And that will actually increase the number of people employed, even in something that is in an industry that's being automated, kind of mirroring what happened with you know, the financial services industry as they deployed ATMs, for example. But the end result is I also have to, I also end up cooking less. I have less hassle and I get cheaper food. Exactly. And I think this kind of goes back to that other point we mentioned originally, which is you're shifting this non-market activity to commercial activity. Mm -hmm. So right now, what's not in the food services statistics, right? You have about $870 billion spent annually in the US on food out of home restaurants, and then $747 billion spent on food that you're going to eat groceries so already we're spending more out than in right and what's not included in those statistics are the amount of time that each of us spends cooking and cleaning or actually the time we spend going to get those groceries and so you can imagine that if you take all of that time which is actually worth a fair amount so on average we spend 36 minutes a day cooking and cleaning and so you know you calculate that out for adults and the average wage uh, and that's actually $1.3 trillion annually. Mm -hmm. If all of a sudden we're eating out more, we're paying other people to do that cooking and cleaning. And so this ex actually expands the market for what is addressable for the out-of-home out food spend. Okay. So the, the base TAM today, the total addressable market for food, both just groceries and call it hospitality is about $1.6 in the US. And you're saying... If this whole, if all the work at home gets transitioned to the services sector, that adds about another 1.5 trillion. If you include both the cooking part and the purchasing part, that's exactly right. That's a very, very compelling case. And I have to cook less, which is great. <laughs> when everyone wins, and then I think so. The question is then why is this happening now, right? And I think an interesting way to look at it is. The cost of fast casual, right now the average ticket is about $12. At home, the food that you cook per meal probably only costs $3. But then you layer in that unpaid cost of the time for cooking, cleaning, and picking up the groceries. And that actually goes from $3 to now that meal is costing you roughly $12 as well. So we're kind of at this tipping point where, you know, as I said earlier, you're not doing this explicit calculation, but all of a sudden the convenience makes it worthwhile. From the technology perspective, I guess the vectors that's driving this is one, the proliferation of mobile enabled computers. These kiosks and iPads and mobile ordering is really just a second order effect from the mobile revolution. We now have very cheap ARM-based computers with multi-touch displays that basically allow the consumer to be the cashier with even greater efficiency and better user experience, arguably. But on the back, that part is easy. That's kind of easy tech that just stole from the internet space. But the back of house is the really more interesting piece, which is we need robots that are, you know, these new category robots, you call them collaborative robots? Yep. Collaborative robots. They're designed to work side by side with humans. They're typically extraordinarily easy to train. So you're not hiring a, you know, $200,000 a year computer engineer to program this to do the same task a million times. Maybe you could even shift it from doing one task to another task. We're getting advances in computer vision. And then overall, you're just getting automated systems. And it's kind of a learning experience for everyone in the industry of, you know, let's rethink what's possible. 
What are the best examples of companies that um, have had some success using robotics in the back of house? So I think Spice is a great example. There's a hot pot restaurant in Beijing. Oh, Heidi Lao. Yes. Yeah. So Heidi Lao is the most popular hot pot chain in China. And hot pot is the most popular food category in China. Um, it's as popular there as pizza is in the US, basically. And they have a at least one restaurant, a flagship concept restaurant, where uh, they're using robotic arms to pre-mix the ingredients, and they're using little rover robots to deliver them to tables. That's uh, I have no idea if the the cost equation works, but there's certainly that's certainly a very exciting demonstration of the technology. Yeah, so I think we're really we're at step one with this, but it's an it's an exciting area that with huge growth potential. Awesome! I'm super excited. Thank you, Sam, for coming in. Thanks for having me. Let's go get some food. Alrighty. ARC believes that the information presented is accurate and was obtained from sources that ARC believes to be reliable. However, ARC does not guarantee the accuracy or completeness of any information, and such information may be subject to change without notice from ARC. Historical results are not indications of future results.